0: but welcome to the Lean Athlete um, Lifestyle Show. Today's topic is going to be nutrient timing and timing around your specific workouts, um, specifically. So we'll give it a couple seconds here for people to hop onto the Zoom call. It may just be a solo event for now, but that's all good because I'm gonna actually do a little bit of um, uh, training on my whiteboard back here. Hopefully, you all can see. This camera, like it always tries to auto zoom so much. So, if it does blur out, I do apologize. Those of you who are listening on the podcast, well, I'll do my best to explain in detail what this all means. So, let's get down, let's get down to business. When it comes to nutrient timing, um, it is important more so for somebody who is leaner. The reason why it is important for somebody who is leaner is because they don't actually don't have the energy that they can use off their body than somebody who might have more body fat on them so they can use uh somebody who's a bit heavier a bit more on the higher body fat percentage scale they actually might be able to use more energy from their fat to create muscle synthesis increasing their muscle tone over time so that being said what we're gonna do is we're gonna figure out, okay, if somebody is leaner, what amount of protein will they need throughout the day? And also if somebody is a little bit more on the higher body fat percentage scale, how much protein they're gonna to need to have as well. So a couple of things I wanna cover in this topic as well, and then also what to have before your workout um, and after your workout. Okay, so what we're gonna talk about here is, let's say if somebody is more on the leaner side. So what they're gonna need is they're gonna need more protein, okay, and they're also going to be more dependent, or they should be more dependent on timing. Okay, and then if somebody is more on the higher body fat percentage Right? So, what that's actually going to do is it's going to um, have less protein needs. Still, protein is important. We're not going to say, you know, we can have like 50 grams a day if, you know, you're, you're there. You still want to have an appropriate amount of protein. It may not be as high as somebody who's leaner, but it still is a good amount. Um, and then you will be less dependent on nutrient timing. Okay, So I want to talk more about the side of, of, of somebody who needs more of the nutrient timing because the benefit of having a higher body fat percentage is, again, you have a bit more freedom. If you happen to miss a meal, it's not gonna be the end of the world because you can use the stars on your body instead to uh, cut a bit of the fat and use that as energy. So let's say somebody's more on the lean side. So what I'd recommend they have before their workout like, let's say, let's put a scenario in, let's say they're a morning, morning exerciser. And depending how long the workouts are, like if your workouts are over, let's say an hour, maybe an hour and a half, or if the intensity is super high, then maybe having some stuff, some food that you can take with you, which would be called um, peri workout or peri nutrient timing, where you have it during your workout. Um, That's always important too. So morning exerciser, what I'd recommend is they have, um, say, for example, maybe 60 grams of complex carbs. Okay. So complex carbs are basically um, stuff like your oatmeal, your grains, your breads, your pastas, your cereals those slowly enter into your bloodstream and they don't um, allow you to crash or have that effect of where you're going to be crashing. And I'm not gonna use the example of having a long over two hour workout because I think that this is more accurate to what more people are like in a everyday lifestyle. And then maybe you'll have about 20 grams of simple carbs. Okay, and then you can have a little bit of fat, so maybe like 10 grams of fat. Could be peanut butter, could be coconut oil, could be just an oil you used um, for eggs or whatever. And then I would say, oof. I mean, it all depends on the body size as well. But yeah, you could probably go with maybe like 20, or no, uh, what's a scoop, usually 30 grams, I think. And you can make the protein no matter whatever you wanna make it. But um, yeah, let's just say 30 grams of protein. And that's all before your workout. Before your workout, three grams of protein. So this could be, yeah, oats. This could be like a fruit. So I like to have like yeah, blueberries or something like that. You can put raisins in there if you have oatmeal, blueberries. Spelling is great. <laughs> and then the fat. I'm just gonna say peanut butter. It'll still have a good amount of carbs and protein there too, but mostly fat. And then yeah, just like a whey powder. Y'all read this, (laughs) I hope you can. Um, Okay, and then after, so this would be after your workout. Differentiate this, green is after, right? it that. Okay, so after your workout, um, what I would do is I would actually try and limit the amount of fat content after your workout is complete. The reason why that is, is it'll actually slow down a little bit of the digestive process and that'll inhibit your opportunity to make those gains. So maybe it's whether it's putting on muscle or maintaining muscle, or even just having a a satisfied um, meal after your workout will probably stop some of those things that you wanna have. what you want to have is, is a simple carbohydrate, and that could be in the form of like a Rice Krispie bar. That's totally fine. That's what I used to have. Um, maybe a piece of fruit with low fiber. Bananas are great, and you can even have like some candy if you enjoyed that, and then some protein to go along with that as well, to keep the muscle like glyc- or the uh, muscle synthesis continuing to stay high um, after your workout is done. So. Again, we're going into the aspect of the person is more lean, because again, the timing is more prevalent to that, but you can still benefit from having low fat after your workout, um, regardless of the size that you're at. So if we go after, we're gonna go, go hmm, 40 grams of simple carbs. This is all subjective. It could be just one bar. So bar, rice. Oh gosh, crispy. Uh, And then 30 grams of protein again. Right, and that could be whey protein or it could be, you know, low fat. If you wanna have chicken, you can. I prefer just to drink it, Uh, which is why protein chicks become so popular. Easy to down and they get your protein level up. Um, And then on top of that, so no fat, that, that. That's actually pretty good. You can even have this as like a banana But also one thing to note about what to have after your workout, you wanna have, again, low fat and you wanna have low amounts of fiber. So high fiber foods you wanna try and stay away from. So having stuff with skin on it may not be the best choice. It still will be fine. Like an apple will still help you uh, out. But if you do have, um, you could even have like for a carbohydrate that's simple, you could even do like um, in this 40 gram scenario, you could even do a rice cake. Right, make sure it's not whole wheat. You can do white bread. Okay, um, yeah, honey's always good. And then white rice will always be good too. Okay, so all that being said, those are things that will help your digestive system. It'll help keep your um, muscle and protein synthesis higher so you don't have to worry about that later on and make up for it. Um, and you can enjoy a nice treat after your workout as well. So it does hold some merit. It also can make you feel really good and give you a good reward after the workout is done, which to me is one of the more enjoyable parts and and uh, you should reward yourself, I think, once you do something that is difficult. Sometimes working out for people, especially me, is difficult, okay? So all that being said, I'm gonna give you a little bit of a scenario, a metaphor on how and why it's best to have this initial system before your workout and what it'll do to your energy systems. So, hopefully, you memorized all that. I don't think you could even read it, anyways. I don't think my writing will ever improve. My spelling. All right. What color is your? All right. So, let's say, for example, we've got a classroom full of carbs. <laughs> what a great classroom. And then here is the hallway for the classroom. And right now there's just one exit, I don't know how doors usually go, but there's an exit. Okay. And let's just say, for example, that we are starting off with, I don't know, maybe 20 grams. These red ones will signify uh, simple, I know I'm splitting hairs here. simple carbs, so let's do that, okay? So about 20, uh, 20% or um, maybe, maybe a bit more than that, 25% might come from that. All um, oh, the man's already coming in here. Here we go. Um, okay, so then in here, this is actually gonna be more of your complex carbohydrates that you would have like before the workout begins. And I'm I'm gonna show you what the significance of all that is gonna be in just a sec. So let's say, for example, that the the complex carbohydrates weren't even in there. Let me signify that too. some complex carbs. Again, those are things like your breads, your grains, your cereals, all that stuff. Um, Let's say, for example, there's only one exit and you only had one source of complex carbohydrates. Um, You didn't have a simple source of carbohydrates at all for breakfast or before your workout then the complex carbohydrates only have one exit and this this could be like your bloodstream in here. So that being said, if this is your bloodstream, it only has one exit. It's going to go into your bloodstream a lot slower. So it's not going to give you that quick energy um, that you might need from an intense workout. Now, let's say that if you were to have another door open from having the simple carbohydrates in there, then these guys could exit through here and these guys could exit through there, right? So not everyone is reaching for one exit. They're all gonna enter the bloodstream at a good, quick rate. So you're gonna get that quick energy as well. So that's that's better off before your workout um, has begun. Um, and then uh, let's say you work out in the evening and you've already had your breakfast and everything, you can have you know as much fats as you wanna have in your breakfast. Um, if you're an evening worker, outer. And um, for your lunch, again, you can have whatever, unless you're working out at lunch, then you'd wanna time it pretty close to how this was. There's a bunch of different ways you can map it out. And uh, I'll give you a few examples on this side. So simple, we'll go red, red, hot, quick, all that stuff, that. And then we'll go blue for the more complex carbohydrates. I know I did the opposite example here, but hopefully this will make sense. So complex carbohydrates, Now, if we're talking about breakfast. Brecky. Okay, we're talking about breakfast. Um, Then what I would do is, for for complex, I would do the oatmeal. And you can just kind of like drag and drop what types of foods might be good for you in this sense. So oatmeal, um, maybe you'll have whole wheat bread. Sorry for all the keto fans out there. And um, if you do have an allergy, of gluten allergy, usually oatmeal is okay. Um, but what else can we have in that scenario? Let me just think. You could do potatoes if you wanted to, but I would say potatoes are usually pretty quick getting into the digestive system. Cereals, like um, like barley cereal or something like that, those have good slow-reacting energy. So we'll use those for an example for now. And... Uh, quick simple carbohydrates if you're all listening on this podcast i'd highly recommend you join the fit after 30 facebook group because that is where all these this information is going to be in the video so for simple so red right is simple we can have um honey um i recommend a fruit so blueberries um you could do a banana raspberries things like that things of that nature um simple one could you have potatoes could be signified in both i would say it does go into your system pretty quick with that yeah that'll be breakfast and then if you were to go and dive into like a lunch okay so we'll go complex first then maybe you'd have some quinoa maybe you'd have some brown rice Maybe you have whole wheat bread. Um, Some fruit can can be slow digesting as well, but it all depends. Um, So we'll leave that there for now. Uh, Maybe we will use a sweet potato as well. Potato. And then here, um, something simple. So yeah, any kind of fruit really would be good. And again, the fiber shouldn't matter if you have it beforehand. Um, You know, jams, uh, honey, things of that nature. And then for dinner, it's kind of similar to lunch, but you can have the same setup. So making sure that you have an appropriate amount of fat that we talked about earlier, not too much. Um, And then a good amount of protein, maybe 30 to 40 grams might be good and then having a simple and complex carbohydrate. So again, the exits on both sides here can be evenly distributed to your bloodstream. So you're not waiting for one energy system more than the other. Um, And then yeah, timing out your nutrition after the dinner is done or the lunch is done or breakfast is done, whatever time you go at, um, making sure that you have low fat, low fiber, um, good amount of protein, and also maybe a simple carbohydrate after the workout is done. And we can talk about if your workout's um, longer in a next masterclass. But if you are interested in learning more information about timing around your workouts for meals and for nutrition, I'd love to chat with you about that. Lean Athlete Blueprints always looking for great, fantastic people who are looking to drop 15 pounds in 90 days while eating the foods that they do love, and um, you know. Getting more confidence as a result. So if you feel that like that's you, then message me directly on the app. If you're listening on the podcast, then you can join the group or you can message me, Jared Spidey, on Facebook or at FitNatics on Instagram. And uh, we just actually hired our new head coach, Zorig. I'll be introducing him uh, a little bit later on and throughout the weeks. But other than that, enjoy your weekend, everyone. Hope you found this valuable and helpful. Any questions, let me know. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Talk soon. Ooh, there we go. What up, all? We are live. I'm here with my man, Zorig. Say hi, Zorig. What up? What up? What up? Um, welcome to the Lean Athlete Lifestyle Show. Today's topic, we're going to talk about staying relatively lean year-round without being miserable. So yeah. something that I think I have definitely struggled with is staying lean year-round, because I do usually like a big, what well, kind of big bulk, and I'll put on... Put on some LBs in the in the belly area and then I'll just have like something to cut for. So it's always kind of like up and down, up and down, up and down. Mm-hmm. But when I see someone like yourself, I see like um, you kind of staying relatively lean in the midsection area, but everything else is kind of getting a little bit more on the bigger side. So i yeah. kind of curious about how you do it and um, how the listeners out there can uh, can benefit from doing something like this.
1: William, for majority of the people out there, you're going to be thinking about you don't want to be doing yo-yo dieting. So you don't want to be going down too low to the point that you can't sustain it and you don't want to be going back up too much because like you only gain maximum of probably like, let's say you've been working out for a year. You're probably going to gain three, four pounds of lean muscle, lean tissue a year. Mm. So like you putting on 10 pounds, like a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm bulking, right? Like I'm going to put on 10 pounds. Like, yeah, you're not really putting on 10 pounds of muscle. You're putting on nine pounds of fat and maybe like put five pounds of muscle. Right. So for a lot of people, for for most of the people listening out there, I would say just the main thing you have to look for is just, I don't want to see major ups and downs in your weight. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be your first telltale of like something going wrong. Mm -hmm. And if that is happening, it means you're eating too much. And if you're, if you don't want to sacrifice how much you're eating, then you can the other thing you can do is obviously exercise more. Yeah, totally. More active. Yeah. So I see a lot of the like. For me, for example, when I did my first competition, I got down to 175 pounds, and this is a perfect example for people because I did it. I did it the exact wrong way. I got down to 175, and within three days, I was uh, around 210 pounds. So three I was days.
0: Bored.
1: Yeah, man. I ate nice. So much food. It was horrible. Like my blood pressure went up and right. it was crazy, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's definitely not what you want. And what you want to do is probably gain 10 pounds off of, off of a show. Like obviously you're going to be very, very lean. Right. But you want to kind of keep it consistent. And how you do that is uh, something called reverse dieting.
0: Ah, the famous term. Yeah, yes. So
1: reverse dieting. Have you had any experience with that?
0: Yeah, I've worked with a few clients um, when they've hit their goal and stuff and how not to you know, shoot back up again. And what we would do is we would just add, you know, a, a minimum or maximum, I think of like 100 calories, which could be an extra tablespoon or something like that, of peanut butter or half tablespoon, whatever that works out to. And that's literally all we're really adding to their to their plate and then seeing, you know, what weight is really comfortable for them. Because like what I like to to get my my clients to do is really, you know, fundamentally understand what weight and what Aesthetic and feeling that they have when all those three things kind of come together either how they look how they feel and How they're clothes fit and stuff that's that's usually like a good sign of like hey This is where I like it for me I like to be around 190, 200 myself personally. I think for me I feel both strong most confident So I think it's a pretty important question to like understand where you like it, you know um so that's kind of, but anyways, yeah, that's that's the reverse dieting that I've done with a few, a few of my clients before, is slowly adding in some things to to, to boost it a, a little bit to get back to some sort of normalized, sustainable weight.
1: Yeah, what most people do wrong, I think, is like, they don't do a reverse diet. Like, they do a diet, diet ends, now you eat whatever the hell you want. Now you're back right? to, yeah, yeah whatever. And you're, you're eating pizza, you're eating your, uh, your fries, and you're going up 20 pounds, and you're not checking the weight. Yep. You know you're going to be depressed when you see it. Right. But definitely, you still want to be weighing yourself and try to keep yourself accountable. So what like a good reverse diet uh, schedule could look like. Well, as you know, what it will look for, like for you when you end your show. For example, for people listening out there, I'll just give you as an example. Yep. So we like to do hard cycling, right? And up until the show, we're doing low, medium, high days, mm-hmm. and you're just going to be fluctuating between then. Out of a show, you're basically going to do five high days in a row. Right. and that's just trying to get your body to revive again because you're going to be very very depleted and from there you would kind of just cut down if you've gained too much weight let's say you've gained probably let's say if you've gained 10 pounds off that then i would say okay we'll probably keep the calories here but if you gained 15 pounds off of that off the Mm -hmm. five high days in a row i would say okay let's pull back the calories probably 100 200 calories most likely 250 right for most people and then we would just keep it at a consistent state then Mm. and also like for people who are doing like extreme diets or competition preps like that i like to have people like in last next let's say you do the show saturday and sunday monday basically whatever you want you know but you've been restricting yourself long, long enough and those two days, not going to damage you too much to the point that you're actually putting on fat. You're most likely going to be holding it out water. Water. Body. Yeah. yeah. And you would do the five, five days after
0: that. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, going back to like what you said about your first show and stuff, um, you know, I did the same thing when I had my first photo shoot. I got down to 6% body fat, very lean, you know, I felt my joints feeling very feeble and, you know, Within the next two weeks I was right back to where my starting weight was. Within probably even a week and a half or less. And then and then from there it just went up. So the biggest that was was like two thirty-five, tons of body fat, almost twenty percent body 235?
1: fat. What? <laughs> yeah.
0: I but it, a picture of you at 235. Oh, it's all over Instagram, my man. Um, yeah, I could show it to you after for sure, but like what what I did then is I actually did end up putting on from what the an in-body scan showed, um, ten pounds of muscle. And then when I did cut down again, it did show that I lost only one pound of muscle, supposedly. Okay, yeah. So that that to me was pretty interesting. And a few of my clients who are losing weight, they're actually uh, able to retain the muscle if not put on more muscle than before. But that could also be too like, and I'm not saying that all my clients are beginners, but you can probably agree. The more the, the uh, more beginner state someone is to working out, they're going to put on more muscle a lot easier than someone who's more advanced, 100%, right? Yeah.
1: 100%. Yeah. Like with, when you're working out in your first two years, you'll probably get 90% of the uh, gains you'll make in your lifetime in the first three years. what it's like looking over a span of 10 years. So right. You make 90% of the gains in the first three years, then 10% comes in the next seven years. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> uh, given that you're going to be doing everything correctly in your genetic potential and like honestly though know, not everyone does it correctly right you know the the forum and stuff like we obviously go over this uh we went over this before especially with back. most people are not doing it correctly so you most people never find that genetic potential i see so unless they hire like a professional to teach them exactly how to move the movements put your muscle uh, time under tension and things like that right so that's also kind of hard to gauge but yeah, you, you brought up an interesting point when you said um, you gained uh, 10 pounds, you lost only one pound of lean muscle. Yep. Uh, and um, about that is you put your body in such an extreme deprived state that any nutrients that you give it after, it kind of uh, hypercompensated and then it kind of revved up your engines in, in, your, in your body. and You can actually create very anabolic uh, windows for your body to grow so that's where i think Mm -hmm. i made most progress in my working out days uh even when i was natural i gained probably six six, seven pounds of lean muscle mass onto my frame without using any drugs but only because i was able to cut down really hard Mm -hmm. and give my body the food back again and train super hard on top of that
0: gotcha so it was your routine
1: that people can think about who are like more advanced and hit a plateau right you can create those anabolic windows in the year for your body to really, really kinda of change and recompose your body. But that's why I decided to do the competitions. It was just like, wow, I see so much change in my body. Yeah. So it just it was quite amazing.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Now yeah, so summer comes around, like especially in the, the winter months here in, in Canada, the northern realms, like I always feel that people want to cut down for summer and which is, you yeah. know, the, our program summer is coming and then, and then, yeah, in wintertime, you know, fatten up and, you know, for us guys, maybe grow some facial hair if we can. I know I'm always struggling with that, but like, uh, you know, yeah. Hey, it's where you need it, man. Um, but yeah, so I always find, uh, in winter months, you always hear people talk like, no, oh, it's bulking time. And like, what exactly does that mean? I think uh, a lot of people, they think it means just like, yeah, pig out, eat everything in sight, go nuts, go ham. Yeah. Um, but I think that also, yeah, too, like just talking about a diet, like if you are being really restrictive with what you're doing and then you come off of that, it's it's going to, it's going to, you know, inevitably go into the yo-yo because mm-hmm. It's just, you're you're off of it. It's either you're on or you're off, you're on or off. Just like, you know, in, in the book I wrote uh, a few months ago, um, it was just like, yeah, if somebody happens to have a banana instead of an apple on their diet plan, they think that they've messed it up, so to speak. So they might as well just have a pizza now because they're they're, they're off their plan. Yeah, they're off their plan, essentially. Yeah. So um, I guess just like integrating all this into what you can manageably do you know, week to week or something like that i guess would be really uh really beneficial find that and then you know fine tune it for for whatever season you're in
1: yeah well another thing that i see a lot of people do is that when they get to, let's say you do a cutting phase and you get to a body fat percentage you're really happy with what you have and then you go off the rails and you start eating a little bit more food which is totally fine and then you go back to your normal plan and what they do don't do is they they don't train with the same intensity Mm. as they did before. Because before they had that goal in their mind, right? I'm going for this goal, now I've finished that goal. They kind of ease off on the training. They don't do much cardio. They don't go as hard in the gym so that's going to affect your uh, your NEAT levels, it's going to affect your muscle, burning, uh, calorie burning capacity, everything like that. So all those things can play huge factors. Yeah, so
0: NEAT just stands for non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So you, the, the amount of work you do involuntarily, yeah. yeah. Involuntarily, like just
1: literally by moving around, living your life normally.
0: Yeah, so like like this all day, fidgeting. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, like you know, like you, Studies show that for people who are more fidgety, they tend to have less, more body
0: fat.
1: So, <laughs> yeah. So, that's definitely true. So if you can be fidgety, try to be fidgety. Would, <laughs> yeah. You know, squirm. Squirm
0: mean, around when you get up in the morning, you know. Annoy your partner, maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. Maybe not. <laughs> it's all for the better good. Come on, honey. Uh, your background, by the way, is amazing. That is... Yeah,
1: man. Just the northern... Northern... Uh, length, you know? Yeah, you're doing
0: some Wim, Wim Hof there, maybe.
1: Yes, Wim Hof. Oh. I can't,
0: I can't do the ice baths, man. No, I. What's that?
1: It hurts my ankles too much.
0: Your ankles? Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, like I've had, like, I used to play a lot of basketball, so I have had lots of injuries on my ankles. Oh, no. And then when I go into an ice bath, my ankles just, like, ring and sting. Really? I can't, I can't stand it, so I have to, like, put my legs up in the air and then put my body. Plunge to, like, in first. My butt and then, like, my chest in first. Like, keep my legs above.
0: Interesting. It's, oh, it's no. Crazy, man. Yeah. Oh, I have, I've had a rolled ankle too, so I wonder if that's going to affect I it. if I've rolled my it.
1: ankles so many times. I've, I've actually, oh. like, one tendon on my left foot is completely torn off. Oh. Yeah, and I heard it pop too, it was a bitch.
0: <laughs> Yikes, man. Well, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty good information. I guess one more thing I, I wanted to kind of address. Um, well, two more things, but the first one is, like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think I've heard of a method that people... They go into like a little bulk phase, like they'll go higher for calories for like maybe a month or six weeks or something. Mm -hmm. And then they'll do uh, maybe their maintenance or lesser calories or something like that. So that way it's not like, what's that?
1: Like a mini cut type of thing? Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. So I don't know if you uh, have done that before or you know people that do that or anything.
1: Actually, yeah, um, I I, I do do that. Only if I see my body fat getting to the point that I'm like, hey, I'm getting a little bit too fat. I want to cut it down a bit. So I do like maybe three week, two week, two and a half week mini cut. Gotcha. And, um, maybe I'll drop like five pounds or something like that. Usually mostly water, but then you feel better. You feel like a little bit leaner. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, like it's very advantageous to do that. The reason is that when you're higher in body fat, your body aromatizes your testosterone to estrogen way more. Gotcha. So you have less testosterone available for your body to use to build muscle Dang. for you to be more productive with. You have higher estrogen, so you become more sedentary. So you basically, like your, our bodies are very, very smart machines, mm-hmm. and they're made in a way that if you're going to be less active, that's mm-hmm. what it's going to be good at. Right. And if you are more active, that's what's going to be, be good at. So it's very quite simple in that way. So you have to really try to keep yourself active. One thing I've done in this last off-season, that's been really helpful for me is that I've done cardio every day, 10 minutes after my workouts.
0: Okay. Yeah. Before, something.
1: in the off-season, I did nothing. Like, I'm like, yeah, like, I want to keep my gains. I don't want to get small. Right. And I never did cardio, but then I got fat, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been there. I've kept a much leaner off-season throughout this time. Also, because I've reversed dieted before, I've done reverse diet. Right. And then I've done cardio every day post uh post-workout, 10 minutes. And uh, with bulking, one thing I'll add on here for people that are listening is that a lot of people say, like, oh, yeah, I want to bulk to put on muscle. You don't have to put on, you don't have to bulk to put on muscle. I really want people to understand that if you're higher than 15% body fat, mm-hmm. you're not, you don't need to be bulky. Gotcha. If you are maybe, like, you're one of those guys who are very lean, uh like, have lower percentage of body fat, then bulking makes sense for you. Gotcha. You don't need to put bulking when you're 20% body fat. You're bulking enough. <laughs> so that's why, like, when I see... You got enough bulk. Gym,
0: you got enough size, like,
1: yeah. You're done bulking, man. Like, you gotta <laughs> stop. Right. People in the gym, they're like, yeah, man, I'm trying to put on and they're, like, 20% body fat. Then I'm like, I think you're going about this the wrong way.
0: So, I guess, uh, a couple points to make about body fat percentages. Sometimes people don't have the the tools to recognize what the body fat percentages are for them. So what I usually do is I'll go to Google or whatever, and I'll, I'll look up different body fat percentage, um, charts, and then you can kind of mix and and match where you think you might be honestly. And that's how you can kind of determine it unless you can go to naturopath or get some sort of DEXA scan or uh, in-body scan. You can do that. Also just talking about testosterone and, and estrogen levels. Uh, if you go to your doctor or walk-in clinic, they can give you requisition. It's usually it's free. I'm not too sure if, how it works in the States, but in Canada, it's free. And then um, we recommend you you get that tested in the morning because your levels are very, very uh, much higher for testosterone in the morning. I learned that the hard way. Um, okay. And it was, a, it was a night and day difference. I actually got my blood tested in the evening and then I got it tested in the morning. And it was a night and day difference from where my testosterone levels were, which is which is actually pretty good. So... No need to, to worry too much about that. Um, yeah. One other thing I want to bring up too was there was a study. You ever heard of the show Biggest Loser. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I told you this before, but um, they okay. So the way that worked was we actually don't know a couple of things with them. We don't know how their stress level was on the show. I imagine it was pretty high, being uh, having to. They're on national TV. Yeah. It's but
1: we named the Biggest Loser, so he's <laughs>
0: well, stressed out. <laughs> but who knows, like. Uh, what that actual level was, I guess, and then like, you know, what they're actually eating, we don't know how much sleep they were getting, you know, there's a few factors we don't know, but we do know that they did lose weight, right? Um, I think the average participant lost over 100 pounds in I think it was the 32 week thing. Mm -hmm. And then so they all started off with their uh, BMR, the basal metabolic rate, the rate in which keeps you alive. Um, They started off at around 3000 calories per day. And then when they were finishing the show, they went down to 2000 calories per day. So less nutrients, less energy needs because they had less weight on them. Um, And then what was it like six, I think it was six or seven years later, they did another test with them and they determined that their BMR was actually lower, but most of the participants gained back 70 some pounds on average, but their, their basal metabolic rate went down even though their weight went back up. So, they're they're going to be fighting to, to find their homeostasis for a while, and there's no studies that have shown that that can be restored. The metabolic rate that they've that they've not yeah. not damaged, but the body is just trying to help the people survive, and so doing that, it just has to adjust the metabolic rate. And um, so yeah, that that's a pretty crazy study to me. So that's 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 probably the, one of the biggest examples of a yo-yo is yeah, Biggest Loser. Again, we don't know all the details, but yet still dropped a substantial amount of weight and then put 70% of that back on within yeah. a seven-year span or maybe even less or something like that. Um, but yet their, their, their metabolism, they still require less food to lose that weight again. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy how the body, like you said, has its own little smart system.
1: Yeah. So I think the biggest takeaway from that is that you want to do things that in life that you can sustain. Right. And what does being sustainable mean? Means that you gotta find things that you actually enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like you, you don't want, you're not gonna do anything unless, unless you truly enjoy it. Right. So the biggest loser, right? Like going to show they never look like they're actually having fun. They look like they're <laughs> always dying, right? Like <laughs> yeah. they're, they're, their trainers yelling at them, go, 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 and then they're always
0: just like stress
1: so hard and stressful mm-hmm. and imagine they're not going to have a trainer there all the time to get left to go so it's not surprising to me that they put on all that weight back so yeah created an environment that's very hard for them to keep up for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all so I think that <clears throat> oh my god
0: Isn't yeah. Well, uh, I think we'll wrap this uh, show up here. Zori can get back to watching his beautiful lights in the background and, yeah. and enjoying time.
1: To the gym, basically, actually. Yeah, he's
0: going to lift up some lumber and some ice uh, chunks over there up north. and um, Yeah. So, put, my, put my coat on. <laughs> yeah, please do. No whim off. Um, but yeah, so just so you all know, we are launching Summer is Coming program. And this is a program that is going to be something that we just talked about. It's going to be very sustainable for you. We're going to find ways to enhance what you're already doing. So then the stuff that you're already doing, you can stay consistent with, and you're going to feel confident. You're going to be feel like you can take your shirt off in the summertime and and not be embarrassed about it. And again, this is hopefully something that you could take with you for not only just the three months we're working together, but for the next three years, six years, or even hopefully for life. You know, if you do a good job in the three months, the testament really comes down to can you continue that after the three months is done, which we've done with a lot of different clients and stuff before. So that ends um, March the 1st for both of us. You can reach out to Zorig or myself if you are interested in signing up for Summer is Coming. And, um, yeah, we've only got, well, I've only got about five spots left. Um, Yeah, about the same here. Yeah, nice. Nice, yeah. I got Jack in. I've got um, Sapir in. And uh, you got a bunch of people that joined with you too, so that's good.
1: Yeah, I got last week actually which was great and then got well, potentially one more that I talked to this morning so there's yeah basically five Exciting. or six more I gotta count yeah I think that's six
0: actually spots are filling up folks so don't wait too long these spots will yeah. go quick so don't wait uh till the end but uh reach out if you have any questions in the fit after 30 facebook group we will all chat with you later on Zorg and Jared peace out see you guys Peace.